Welcome to IT for Whiskey, a podcast for new or existing managed service providers and your occasional whiskey connoisseur by experienced managed service providers. My name is Myron Herrera. My company is Cinetech Solutions. Uh, we are a MSP based out of Dallas. I'm also the CEO of Greenlink Networks, which is a voice over IP uh, channel only uh, based out of Dallas as well. Business started in 2004. Combined, we're about 30 employees. You know, the reason I, I wanted to do this podcast was because visiting a lot of these events, I, I realized that a lot of the MSPs that were starting up were struggling with some of the same things that I struggled when we started our business. Meeting Craig and Joe, we shared the same passion and a lot of the same issues that, that we experienced. So wanting to take that pain away from some of the new guys, they decided to go with this podcast. My name is Craig Hickman. I'm with ProBlue in Bloomington, Indiana. ProBlue is a managed service provider. We started in 2005. I started with, I think, a total of three employees, and now we've grown to 11. We're a small shop. We're located in South Central Indiana, servicing a little over 200 customers. This is a great opportunity for me to talk to other peers and learn what they have done and what they have not done well and avoid all those caveats. This is a learning experience for us and also hopefully helping others along the way. My name is Joe Ucia. I'm the CEO for Infinite IT. We're located out of Toronto, Canada. We're currently about a dozen employees. We're an MSP. We were originally founded in 1999. I truly believe in this podcast because I wish somebody was there to help me and, and teach me a lot of the mistakes that they made and share with me their mind share on, on how to overcome issues. So I was lucky enough to meet Craig and Myron a few years ago and many years in the working and here we are. So we hope that you really get a lot out of this podcast and learn the things that I wish somebody would have told me. Follow, like, and subscribe at IT4Whiskey.com. Now here's your hosts, Myron, Joe, and Craig. Hi, welcome back to IT for Whiskey. Today's podcast, we actually have a really great topic. To PSA or not to PSA? That's the question. And we have my colleague, Myron, and Craig in the room with me. My name is Joe, and we're going to dive right into this. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a topic that we talk about ourselves. Myron, why don't you tell everybody what a PSA is? A PSA is a professional services automation tool. It's basically your back office for your MSP business. It'll do everything from, you know, contact management, CRM. CRM, uh, agreement and contract, your invoicing, your ticketing, your documentation. It does everything. Depending on which version, which flavor, uh, or which company you're using, they have different integrations that also uh, makes makes it to the accounting side, that makes it to your uh, remote monitoring uh, tools or everything else. So, I think my struggle with the PSA is the time it takes to get one up and going to run exactly the way you want it to. Where does it fit into my day-to-day routine to do that? While I want one, I need the rest of the company and the employees to also want one as well because you want people to buy into it. If you don't get buy-in, then it could be a waste of time. You know, Craig, one of the things with the PSA is that you don't have to implement everything from day one. You know, you take on one of the low-hanging fruits and implement that piece, let's say ticketing, and pass that into the PSA. And then maybe integrate or, or, or migrate something else. Complementary to what Craig was saying about the onboarding and ramping up, I can say you're right, Craig. It's it is a big undertaking, and buy-in is key. It's tough uh, at the beginning. It's really tough, and and you do have to get people to buy in. I mean, for us, it was an easier process because it was only 
two of us, you know, me and my partner. We put the pieces in place. We brought in our our, our first, let's call it hire. Um, and that person had to live with the system. You guys both use a PSA, don't you? We both do, yeah. So it's, you you consider that ConnectWise? That's correct. They call it ConnectWise Manage now. When I got it, it was just ConnectWise. For 10 years, we were on TigerPaws, our PSA, and had all the integrations with the third-party RMMs and all the other tools. And right now, as we speak, we're literally right in the middle of migrating uh, from TigerPaw to ConnectWise. Back in 2011, we looked at uh, Autotask. And we actually spent about a month looking to migrate to it, but uh, we pulled the plug on it. It was too complicated back then. That's when they required uh, all your equipment be hosted on site at our facility. And I was not willing to bring it all in-house at that time. Actually, our systems are still local. I prefer the on-prem system. It allows us to you know, manipulate the database or you know, connect, do things from there. On the cloud version, we'd be limited. It's funny because based on your recommendation, that's the path that we took as well. For ConnectWise Manage, we mm-hmm. uh, we have it on-premise in our data center. ConnectWise acquired a company called Quozel, which is now called ConnectWise Cell. And they acquired a lab tech, which is now ConnectWise Automate. They now have the most, most robust PSA in the industry, bar none. Three years ago... It was not the case. Craig, what what do you use today? Well, we still are using um, a combination of Blue Folder, Socket App, and uh, Continuum. Continuum is your remote monitoring. That is our RMM. That's our primer. Yeah. Yep, yep. What are you using? What's the PSA called again? My, well, Continuum would be our, our, our PSA, but we don't use all of those. We don't use all of it. The primary use is mostly just the monitor, client equipment, reporting, um, the Got knock, it. and those sorts of things. Our quoting tool, we actually use Socket App for all our quoting. Um, and then Blue Folder is our ticketing system that we use to uh, track time and open tickets. And that's where all the technicians work. Blue Folder will actually do quote and billing and it'll integrate with QuickBooks and other systems, but we don't use any of that. So before we had ConnectWise, uh, prior to that, we were using Kaseya's uh, ticketing and we, we used QuickBooks for our accounting. So for us to create an invoice, we would put in all of our tickets, all of our time entries uh, would be put into Kaseya. And then from there, at, at the end of the week, Someone, typically would have been me, had to copy and paste all the time entries into invoices in QuickBooks so that we can create an invoice. Not only was that time consuming, but there was always discrepancies because uh, I would invoice a ticket and then maybe after the invoice was sent, somebody would put another time entry into the ticket or something like that. So it was it was terrible. So that was one of the biggest reasons we we moved to uh, the PSA. We had to, at the time, we had to keep all of our contracts uh, in Excel so we can track them. You know, we, we had no way to uh, have a, a product list other than having it in QuickBooks. So it was, it was really uh, uh, terrible. And the PSA allowed us to first streamline that big piece of the ticketing and the interfacing to QuickBooks but then also allowed us to create great agreements in the system and, and document all that, all, all those pieces. Joe, for, for you, what attracted you to Tiger Paul at the time? Going back into the 90s when I first started in the industry, we started with um, a platform called FileMaker, very Mac dominated, but it worked in, in the Windows world. And we used FileMaker for our quoting and ordering and POs, but then we had Excel or Word and all, all these 
uh, external apps to connect everything together and then we'd have to re-enter everything into QuickBooks and it was a royal pain. Um, fast forward a few years, we um, got rid of FileMaker and did everything in Excel because it was quite frankly a lot easier. We finally decided in around 2007-8 timeframe, this isn't working for us anymore. Let's, you know, we got to stop doing this. We got to find a better way. That's when we came across TigerPaw. I'll tell you, for, for a decade that we were on TigerPot, fantastic platform. Um, it did a lot for us. It integrated with the time-level platforms, which is now Avast for the RMM. It integrates with QuickBooks. It integrates with et cetera, et cetera, Office 365, the whole nine yards. The problem is that for us, we outgrew it. Uh, the interface hasn't changed in 10 years or 15 years, and the processes are very clunky compared to how efficient we want to be. And God forbid you try to do accounting out of it. If you try to figure out if you made money on a contract or not, it has no way of telling you. So we started uh, shopping and looking at all the platforms and we decided on ConnectWise um, only because quite frankly, now they have a complete end-to-end story to tell, whereas a year or two ago, they didn't. But Autotask has a complete end-to-end. Autotask doesn't do all the things that ConnectWise Like does. what? So Autotask is a great platform, don't get me wrong. And it's a fantastic platform uh, from a professional services automation perspective and to manage your service team and manage contracts. It's great for that. The piece that it lacks is what ConnectWise picked up when they bought Quozal. You still need a third-party integration to do the quoting. Who's their preferred? Is it? Um, I think it's. I, you know what? Actually, I, I can't even remember. Off the top of my head. I think it's actually yeah. QuoteWorks and another great platform. QuoteWorks is fantastic as well. But the problem that we found, and and even when you know, you know, our, our, with TigerPaw and back in the day with Level Platforms, my friends at LPI, we helped them create the alliance with level platforms to create this integration. Well, the, the issue with third-party integrations is if one or the other doesn't update, it's up to you to, to manage that the broken connection. So I just, I was tired of dealing with it. And so that's why we, we decided on ConnectWise. The reporting on it is phenomenal. It gives us everything that we need to without all the integrations. It just does it all. We're in the middle of migrating to it. I will tell you, um, as per Craig's earlier comment, he is spot on when he says it's a lot of work. It's a daunting task, but you got to think bigger picture and you got to think longer term. The number one thing that I have learned about ConnectWise that I didn't know and I didn't even think to ask is how well it works with other companies. So, Myron, here's an example. Um, I, I need to dispatch somebody in a territory that you you uh, support my company. I can do. We can do a ConnectWise to ConnectWise. Yeah, the ConnectWise network. Yeah, yes. ConnectWise network. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's huge. That is so huge. And and have bilateral communication, bidirectional communication. I mean, within our systems and updates and the whole nine yards. That's phenomenal. Yep. To take it a step further, if you look at what ConnectWise is doing with all the manufacturers and vendors, you know, integration with Office three sixty five, integration with Meraki, integration with all these other great companies, and they, it's it's fantastic. It's a really um, amazing how far ahead, light years ahead of everyone else right now. Is it going to be the same story in three years from now? I don't know. But we're investing the time and the money now to, to make things better. And I will tell you, um, 100% across the board, anyone that's done the training at our company, 
just on the training, uh, you know, in our weekly team meetings, you can see the the excitement. Okay. Have you gotten a lot of pushback from uh, at the beginning of the of the process? Now that they've maybe gone through some training and things like that, it's getting more exciting. It's interesting because I I rarely shove down things down people's throats at our company. We're very much. Um, we very much try to get everyone's acceptance and buy-in when we're doing things. This one here, it was a decision my partner and I made, and we said, this is what we're doing. Get on the bus or get off kind of thing, and everyone jumped on. Um, so the buy-in wasn't – we kind of made a decision without consulting the team, but it, it was clearly the right decision for us, and I will tell you, it is phenomenal. Um, sell is so simple. The, the, the Quozal component, or the Connect Y Cell, it's such a simple app and it's so powerful and does so much. So my sales team's excited. My marketing manager's excited because she's now got a, um, a marketing platform that she's been begging me for for years. And uh, more importantly, my tech guys are excited because it's going to make their lives so much easier. Craig, any questions? I, I have to agree. Um, this is something that's on my plate this probably in the next year. But uh, right now we are we're adding and growing so much. It's just that would just be too much time for me right now to consider. I honestly, if I would to do it right now, I'd probably be better off long term. But I really like my socket app that has made our sales a lot easier to just be able to generate sales quickly and then everybody can sign off online. But I'm sure one of the plugins from ConnectWise would do similar things, plus integrate with Ingram Micro and TickData and all those other big organizations. Does yours integrate now or no? No, it does not integrate with uh, Ingram. But there's close to 7,000 items in there now, and you can just pick from any one of them and generate a quote fairly quickly. You know, the other thing I really liked about the ConnectWise is, do you know it actually integrates with Amazon? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. I couldn't believe that when I saw that. That's, you know, when you're migrating from one system to another, there's always going to be something that you're going to have to give up. Um, something that you do in a certain way and you love it, but you have to do it for the for the greater cause, right? So anybody, even even you know Joe coming from the you know the, the Tiger Paul, or or if, if Craig, if you decide at some point, or anybody that's listening that decides to switch, uh, whenever you're switching from one PSA to another or from one platform to another in general, you're always going to have something that you're going to have to give up. Um, you know, my, my advice always has been when people ask me, oh, you know, I'm looking to switch from this tool to that tool. What do you recommend? I always say, don't try to do it all right away. It's a, it's a long-term process. You, you have to take the initial piece so that you guys can get on the platform and then do the rest in phases. So maybe... The, the sales process gets done in a separate phase. Maybe the marketing process gets integrated in a separate phase and so on and so forth because it is a daunting task. You're absolutely right. And and to, to add to that, you're, use their professional services. Who cares what the cost on that is? You're nickel and diming if you're going to scrutinize over five, ten grand. Use their pro services. These guys do it every single day, and their team knows what they're doing. And it is very daunting. You're you're spot on. Yeah, it doesn't matter what it costs for sure. Um, it's it's something that you have to invest in because it's an investment into the company. Agreed. At the end of the day, it's going to make your your business a more valuable business. And they were so good to us when to to onboard us. Remember, they want us as a customer. They'll want you as a customer. Negotiate with them. Come up with payment plans. I didn't want to drop thirty grand out of the gates just to on PS. What they do for me over the course of twelve months. 
a couple grand a month. And that's what they end up, that was how they structured it for us, which made it palatable for us and it made it affordable, which now I can afford to sign on. Smart on them and uh, made it easier on us. Absolutely. And if you're going to do that, make sure that you, you negotiate the payment plans with them. Don't go out and get a loan to pay for it because they'll do it with zero interest. Like you're not paying interest on that stuff. So nope. you want to use their financing options and you can push them because they'll go, I mean, even 24 months if that's needed. You know, they're, they're very flexible. Yep. It's important for you to realize that they need you because there's a monthly reoccurring and that's the only way they'll build their business. The same way as a managed service provider, you need your customers and you need every single one of them. So you're going to do whatever it takes to affordably get that business on board as long as it's profitable. They're doing the database migration for us. They're doing all the configuration and setup. I need to run my business. I don't have time to run around on a PSA, try to set it up and figure it out. Let the pros do it. Well, that's, that's what businesses do. Agreed. That's why we exist. That's exactly why we exist. Um, they they, they, want, they your want your business for sure. Well, they can they can buy my business. <laughs> that's, that's that's another that topic another for podcast. another podcast. <laughs> hey, I was gifted two uh, bottles of uh, bourbon this week. I, I plan to uh, partake in them later. I mean, if you if you want, I, I can open up uh, one of the uh, many bottles. For those that don't know, Craig has a hundred bottles of alcohol behind him (laughs) we 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 have cameras and we can see each other and he's got all these all this alcohol (laughs) and so does joe by the way joe's got some some stuff too but he's got a hidden in a cabinet let's talk about those bottles that you have how did you start that collection just for the record i do not drink these these are uh, mostly uh, collector items now just want to put it out there that i am not uh drinking a bourbon nightly I would, I'm going to blame this on my brother. My oldest brother uh, turned me on to whiskey several years ago. And uh, I remember being at, at uh, our local liquor store here, and they had a, a special going on um, where every if you bought more than six bottles, you got 20% off. So, you know, like, hey, you know, Craig can't pass up a deal. I'm like, I'm in. <laughs> so I, I think I picked up my first set of bottles uh, that day. And I, I, I think I believe I, I did not want my wife to know at that time that I bought, you know, more than six bottles of alcohol in one setting. So I went and stuck <laughs> them in the basement uh, behind the refrigerator that we have, which is our second refrigerator that we have in the house. And so this I started collecting over time. And the, the cool part was, is that back then, bourbon is, was not as a big of a hit as it is now. It's it's very hard to find some some bottles. And I actually got some some bottles now that you cannot, you can't get. And uh, I was collecting them, sticking behind the fridge. And then one Christmas morning, uh, my middle child went down to go get some milk from the refrigerator. And we get milk and glass bottles and uh, she dropped it. It shattered everywhere in front of the refrigerator. So begrudgingly, we went downstairs. Nicole and I started cleaning. Nicole's my wife. And uh, and we had to pull the refrigerator out to get behind it because the milk went behind the refrigerator. And we had to clean it. Otherwise, it would just mildew and all kinds of nasty stuff would happen. So as I'm pulling the refrigerator from the wall, the shelving unit's to the right of it. And she, she, <laughs> she goes, what is this? I go, what? She goes, what the hell is this? And I walk around and then, you know, I'm keeping mind, I'm tired. I've been up making bicycles all night and I go, or he's up my hands. I go, Merry <laughs> Christmas. But now it's all in the open. 
nothing going on. Not that I was doing anything wrong. I was just like, oh, I'm just going to collect these bottles and do stuff. I wasn't drinking them. Joe, what, speaking of drinking them, what are you drinking? This is a fantastic, affordable uh, scotch. It's Oban Little Bay. It's uh, matured in small casks, which is really good. And it's 86 proof, which is not a strong scotch, but it's not a weak one either. Oban is a West Highland scotch. It's actually a coastal malt. The Oban uh, distillery is actually one of the older ones in, in Scotland. It sits in the town of Oban. They took on the name of the town it's from, and it actually overlooks the sea of uh, Scotland's west coast. So when you're when you're drinking it, you can appreciate the fact that, I find at least, it has a little bit of a saltiness to it. And I think it's just because the air is saltier on the coast than it would be inland. I do like Oban. It is one of my favorites. Yeah, it's. I, I really like Oban. The other thing I like about Oban is they, they don't do... They, they mass produce, don't get me wrong. They don't mass produce like some of the other distilleries. I think they're less than 700,000 liters a year, which for a, a distillery is not a lot. Oban is a fantastic whiskey to start with. It's mild, it's smooth, and it has flavor. It's got a really nice flavor to it. It's not harsh. It doesn't burn on the way down either. Um, for starter whiskeys, it's probably like the second step. The first step we talked about the last time going with uh, like a Delweny 15 is a nice smooth first step. This would be a great second step. This would be a good number two scotch to to hit up, um, along with the Caribbean cask, of course, as everyone knows, my favorite all-time scotch. Yes, we do know that. <sighs> yes, we know that. So I have a question. You, you, do you recommend, in your opinion, to chase the scotch or whiskey or bourbon with some water or the opposite? If you have to chase it, then there's something wrong with it. Okay. Or it's not a good, or you're not, you've not um, moved up to that that level yet. If it's a really hot or high alcohol content right. whiskey, I would recommend that you uh, pour, um, smell it, and then sip it a little bit. And if it's too hot, then add a little bit of water, distilled water to it uh, to help offset it. Because actually, I, I will dry, try one always straight. And then if need be, add some water to it. And then some people like to, to chill it, obviously, yep. put it in the cube. That's not how you're supposed to do it. But that definitely takes down the heat if you add a cube. Um, that's, to, to your, that's, to your actually, that's actually not true that you're not supposed to do it. Well, back here, we're not supposed to do it. But I don't know what you guys do up in your area. So I will tell you, if you, spe- if you, if you um, speak to some master scotch... Uh, distilleries, they, the master scotch distillers themselves, will tell you that some whiskeys require to be opened up. Now, chasing with water, you're right. There's something wrong. That's, you know, like a Johnny Walker red quality. But some scotches need to be opened up because they're cask strength. For the record, I don't, I don't chase it with water. I'm just asking the question. No, no, not I'm not saying that you do chase it with water, and I'm not saying that chasing with water is a good thing. But sometimes adding a drop or two of distilled water to the scotch is required. An ice cube sometimes may be required. It depends. It's a preference thing. Honestly, I, preference. I the the ice is something that I do like because I do like like it chilled. I cold. like it cold. So it could be either that it's been refrigerated, the bottle, or yeah. that I, I put it put in a, a, an ice cube and let it chill, which at the same time, you know, uh, 
drops water, right? So it'll 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 do both options. Anything else we want to give these people? One of the key things to to take into consideration when choosing a PSA, be it ConnectWise, Autotask, TigerPaw, whatever the uh, application is, um, is irrelevant. The point that you need to, to the thing you need to consider the most is what will it do for your business? You got to look at things like efficiencies. You have to look at data integrity. You have to look at control. You need to consider uh, reporting. And uh, ultimately, at the end of the day, you have to understand how it affects your customers. Just jumping from one to another is a daunting task. So my recommendation is before you make a decision on any platform, talk to all of them. Get demos. They'll give you free trials. They'll do whatever it takes to win your business. And as long as you spend the time and do your research, I'm sure eventually you'll find the right solution for you, be it homegrown or off the shelf. Yeah. Do you know what you get if you mix a Talisker and an Oban together? You get a Taliban. <laughs> oh, thank you all for joining us. Uh, hopefully next time we'll be a little bit more entertaining and uh, more educational. And uh, and every, if anybody wonders, Myron really does have a big bow, chicka, bow, wow, wiki, wiki, whack. That's all for this episode of IT for Whiskey, a podcast by MSPs to help MSPs. Don't forget to spread the word, like, and subscribe at it for whiskeycom Smoke that Cisco and you may uh, DDoS yourself. Ha, ha, ha.